Yeah, so what's interesting about that is I never performed with a band or anything like that. I played in high school. We did our like... For the band? Yeah, for a drum okay. line. Oh, okay, like, okay. Not like on an actual drum set. Yeah. But I've played drum set as long as I've been a percussionist, but I've never performed. And not because of a stage fright thing or anything like that. Just I've, I don't think the opportunity ever presented itself. Um, so I just keep it up as a hobby. And by virtue of having it in the classroom, I get, you know, all the music kids kind of gravitate towards, towards my room. And it's fun. It's, it's uh, you know, for a STEM school not to have a music program, but still give kids the outlet, I think is really important. Super. And, uh, but I also, I'm my own biggest critic. I mean, I listen to that. And I pick out so many things that are wrong. What are you with hearing? It. It, like, just like the rhythm is not exact. Like, I'm not, it's, it just kind of sounds sloppy to me. Huh. But on my own big, I don't know. What did it you It sounds think? good. I really liked it. I mean, I think that um, drums are like not a sound that I would ever on purpose listen to, mm-hmm. which as someone that plays the drums, maybe that's like an offensive thing to say. No, no, but I'm not offended. Yeah, just like the um, like the tempo of any like t- traditional like rock music just like doesn't really resonate with me. Yeah. Um, however, when I hear the drums that you're playing and have recorded, I like, it blows my mind, like the speed and precision, precision with which you can like strike objects. Yeah. Um, to form music. Uh, I just like have never been musically inclined. I really agonized over learning the viola for a year and a half (laughs) in elementary school. And I can still remember like hating it so much. (laughs) I mean, it's like anytime you're learning a language, it's just hard. Yeah. And when you have no internal like desire to push past that first stressful, like difficult learning curve, like I just never got beyond that first thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not for everyone. And there is that, I think there's a, we talk in the makerspace uh, across the way about productive struggle, Mm -hmm. right? I think that with any musical instrument, there's a certain threshold where it's like the most difficult skill or thing to learn. And it just, you agonize over it for so long. For me, it was my, my speed Mm -hmm. in playing. Um, it just took me such a long time to really get faster and the faster you can play, the more that that opens you up, um, with percussion to play practically anything. Um, but then it's once you get there and you have that success, everything else kind of falls in place, which mm-hmm. is nice, but I appreciate your kind words uh, with the, uh, with the drumming. So that's always fun. What was on your mind? This, uh, this fine morning um yes okay so i wanted to announce publicly to the world because then maybe it'll help make it true <sighs> i've sworn off coffee oh my hell on stop the presses i know this is a big deal i know i just i'm finding like when i drink it religiously i can't sleep mm. it was straight up will wake me up in the middle of the night for an hour at 4 a.m 
and I'll just be like sweating and like tossing and turning like it feels like almost like what I imagine withdrawal symptoms would feel like yeah and then I I wake up and like it's the only way I can like get myself functioning so yesterday I was just like I'm gonna try like I just had been sleeping terribly and I was like I'm gonna try like not having any coffee today and so I just had tea yesterday I slept like a log (laughs) <laughs> like so much so that I'm maybe still like sleeping right now. I'm unclear if this is a dream or not. <laughs> but <laughs> so it's gone from my life. I, I think maybe like on the weekends, I'll allow myself to do like half calf or maybe decaf. But you're not a coffee drinker. No, I, I've been a tea drinker. I've never drank any coffee wow. in my entire life. Do you drink soda? No. Uh, well, I used to. Okay. So when... And I don't know why this decision came about, but um, it was uh, shortly before uh, Brittany and I got married that we swore off caffeinated uh, uh, sodas. They're they're truly evolved. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about that, but I still drink Sprite. Because the the the, the excuse is no caffeine. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's just, but it's you know it's get the bubbly the and the the sugar, kind of, especially the... if I'm not feeling too hot, yeah. it sometimes settles settles yeah. things. But That's good. yeah, no, it's uh, I I, I feel better, uh, yeah. genuinely. I I mean when I was drinking soda very frequently, I was like a three diet coke a day kind of person. Whoa. I know. Um, it was just uh, to to come down from that was difficult and was challenging, but I had tea. I generally just have, you know, a couple cups in the morning and I'm all set. So it's been good. Yeah, I'll keep And I'm sleeping. I'll keep you posted on my sleeping journey. (laughs) Yes, on uh, any potential withdrawals, we are here to support you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to need it. (laughs) Well, howdy, folks. Uh, I guess we should get started with the uh, the podcast. Unless you want to hear us just talk about drums and caffeine all day. (laughs) I mean, I totally could. I know I could do. Get a couple of episodes. No, 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 but I am excited about this episode. This is going to be fun. This is kind of our our end of year review episode. Crazy. Um, And we're really excited that you are here to join us on the Odyssey of Learning podcast. I am Hunter with my co-host. Courtney. And we are going to be taking you on this journey, reflecting on everything that was Odyssey STEM Academy this past year. We'll talk about more of our professional learnings as well as some of our uh, personal learnings and reflections as well. So we're excited to share those uh, with you today. We have a procedure process uh, every single morning here at Odyssey. While we don't start actually our classwork with the kids until just after 8.40, we meet as a staff every morning right around 8 o'clock for anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes it's longer, uh, but we call this our standing meeting. Uh, and this we're, is we're standing during the meeting. Yeah. Do you get it? We're very creative with our naming conventions at yeah, Odyssey. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is just an opportunity for us to get caught up and make sure everyone is on the same page with what's going on on campus. Are there concerns with specific scholars we need to be worried about? And just keeping everybody on the same page. And as a communicative tool, um, it's proven pretty helpful, I think. I've, I've done standing meetings now for five years. I'm a big fan myself. Um, but oftentimes, we'll open these meetings with just an icebreaker type question, and we have an icebreaker type question uh, today. So, Courtney, why don't you share with us this fabulous question that we have? I love reflection so much. This is like going to be my favorite episode always. Um, <laughs> okay, opening question to reflect. Um, I think it's valuable if you think about it in the span of a day, in an hour, or in the scope of a year. Gasp. If you could whittle down your entire year of experience at Odyssey STEM Academy, year one, Hunter, what word would you give that experience 
and why? My word would be enduring. Ooh. Enduring. Tell Disclaimer to the more. audience. I had to brainstorm this question for a while. I, I didn't. Did. Just, I did too. I did. I, we, we had to think about these in, in preparation, but I settled on the word enduring because I think for all of the highs and all of the lows that I've had uh, personally and professionally this year, what has not changed, what has been constant, is sort of that uh, drive towards whatever's beyond the horizon. Uh, whether you want to call it the grass being greener the next day or uh, you know the, the tomorrow's a new day kind of thing. I've always had the drive because I am very passionate about education. I'm very passionate about this place. I'm very passionate about the people that I share this place with. Um, and then in line with that, uh, I mentioned also personally just uh, with my family and uh, and wanting to be with them. I have two young boys um, and I, I don't want to miss a minute. But we as educators know that a lot of times our work doesn't end uh, after the, the final school bell. We don't have bells, but I'm using a school analogy. Uh, and so a lot of times I, yeah, I'll have to grade papers over the weekend. And that means less time uh, that I get to spend with my boys. But finding that balance this year, uh, c- creating a new sort of comfort with everything I've been doing, I've, I've endured. I've, I've been enduring. And I think I will continue uh, to endure through the good and the bad, uh, but it's been it's been an awesome trip. So I was I was happy for it. Courtney, what is your word and why? Um, okay, so as I was thinking of words, one popped into my head, but I want to look at it in two different ways, which requires us to look at it with two different spellings, also. So it's one word, but it's actually two words. Is that okay? I I will uh, judges. Yeah, they're going to allow it. They're going to allow this one. (laughs) Okay. Um, My word this year is wonder. Alternatively, wander. Ah. So if you talk like a Midwesterner, you would say both of those words, wander. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, So wonder in the sense that so much of our experience at Odyssey has been about brainstorming, like the best possible solution towards a myriad of problems, complications, uh, hardships that face us every day. And sometimes there are little things like managing like, you know, that five minutes of scheduling conflict that we have within the day. And, and sometimes they're, they're much greater. Like how do you format an exhibition? How do you include families in the learning process? Or like, how do you motivate young people to use feedback to revise their work? It's like, our, our job, I think, as educators is so centered around wondering about the best possible way to do something, whatever that something might be. And in the same sense, wander is kind of like wandering through all of those decisions and choices that you make to try to get to the best case scenario, to get to the best possible place for the young people that we're serving, for the community that we're serving. Uh, so I'd say for me this year was about wondering and wandering through a lot of really complex problems that we're like attempting to solve um, in the best way we can with all the data points that we have available to us and the team that we have together right now. If I had a nickel for every challenging conversation we've had this year. We'd be rich. (laughs) I've had at least, I'd have at least $3.15. Yeah. (laughs) Unquestionably. Yeah. That's just off the top of my head. That's that's great. I like that you. Uh, I won't say cheated the system, I know, but I'm you. It was your question. I so, know. I know. So I. Well, who am I to uh, to critique? 
the your response to that. I like it though. Yeah. Very creative. You're flipping welcome. the letter. So tell me about this. Um, we're gonna go a little bit deeper here, uh, folks. And uh, Courtney has brought to the table. A, what would you call? Is this like a protocol? Yeah, like a reflection practice. Reflection practice that I had never heard of, and as soon as she she talked about it with me, I said yes. We need this in the episode unquestionably. So I'm going to let Courtney kind of walk us through this. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know if it has a title, so I'll just I'll, I'll give it to you. What, what are we going to be talking about? Today we're going to be doing the three Bs. Three Bs, got it. Yeah, the three Bs. Um, I feel like before I introduce the three Bs, I have to give two quick shout outs. So shout out number one goes to uh, the team of Let's Not Panic podcast, which is a podcast I started listening to like back in 2017 of this couple who was living in San Francisco. They quit their jobs and they bought a car, like a camper car, and drove from San Francisco all the way to the southernmost tip of South America. Whoa. I know. And their adventure, they titled it Let's Not Panic. And they did a podcast and they talked about camping in Death Valley and, you know, driving through South America and all the things that they learned. And like, it wasn't just about the logistics of the trip, which was super fascinating, but it was also about like, how did their relationship evolve and how did their relationships with themselves and the world evolve? So really cool content. And this was their reflection practice at the end. I just, I, I'm, I'm shocked that they would quit their jobs. I would have told my boss like, hey, sabbatical, maybe? That's <laughs> me That's me panicking. Can so. I have a year and a half? I know, I know. So they were just like, we can't panic. We're doing this. So you're like selling our stuff and, and we're moving. And uh, I thought it was such a beautiful way to reflect on um, experiences that wasn't necessarily labeling things good or bad. So I think so often when we're like talking to our friends or family or our colleagues and we're like, tell me your high and your low or tell me like what was the best and the worst moment of this experience. And so beautiful and brutal and bizarre or the three B's mm. is when you're brainstorming about situations that you would kind of put under these categories of like, was it what was a beautiful experience for you? What was a brutal experience for you? And what was a bizarre experience for you? And sometimes you find that like the bizarre experiences were the most beautiful or the brutal experience was actually just super bizarre. So they like kind of overlap. Um, yeah. So shout out to Let's Not Panic podcast for giving us kind of this framework for thinking. And uh, also shout out to my fiance, Nick, uh, because we do this every like day or every time we're on a trip, this is like how we reflect. So instead of uh, like decompressing with what was your high, what was your low or like, what do you think about this? We like always do the bees. So it's really fun. It was just, I, I, this might be something I need to adopt. I feel like when I get home, it's way more fun to just complain about everything. Yeah. So if you think about the bees, <laughs> it's like suddenly you start to think about like, okay, what was like a really subtly beautiful moment of my day? And sometimes it's like the way the sun was like shining off of the cars as I was sitting in traffic. And sometimes it's like this song came on that I really love or someone gave me a compliment. And yes, yeah, so it's good to always find like a beautiful moment in every day. Awesome. Yeah. So we're going to get started. Uh, there's so many ways you could do this, but I think let's go down the line and we'll volley back and forth so that our audience is not hearing my voice for <laughs> more time than they have to in a row. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. So, uh, Hunter. Yes. Tell me a beautiful moment. You only get one, but I understand it's one of many. What was a beautiful moment of the last year and why? So, I think during the first exhibition, I mean, personally... You know, we talked about the final exhibition in our first episode, but if I think back to trimester one and the first time we went through the exhibition process, I set my expectations fairly low, um, especially for a group of kids that this is a new process for them. They don't really know exactly what to expect. A lot of them are maybe just kind of winging it. 
So I wasn't really holding any sort of, I'm expecting brilliance with the exhibition. But even doing this for the first time, there were not one, but several moments where families came out and probably maybe for the first time actually listened to their son, to their daughter, articulate their learning. And it was such a beautiful moment for them to be able to share in that space that it was emotional several times throughout those the day the first few days of the the exhibition from trimester one and to be able to be a part of that and to really share in the feeling that these families had for this altogether brand new experience was truly beautiful and thankfully that was not an isolated incident we saw throughout the year moments like that time and time again where mom or dad family whoever really understood their scholar on a much deeper level than they probably ever had before and that could be a very emotional thing uh, and to be able again to participate in that was really special really beautiful as, as we'd say so volley back to courtney what was the beautiful moment for you this year um, so many. It's so hard to narrow it down. I know. I, I know. know. Okay, my beautiful moment. Um, so just some context at Odyssey, we have um every Wednesday for, for 90 minutes something called X Block, where our scholars uh kind of identify like an extracurricular experience that they want to take part on, to take part in. And uh they leave their advisory classroom, they leave their content courses, we kind of mix up the school and they arrive at uh a classroom with a new advisor to kind of explore an extracurricular topic or subject or activity that uh, is unique to that trimester of learning uh, and that one advisor. So like Hunter, for example, like did a music uh, X block. And this last trimester, I did a photography and videography X block. And it's just really cool because it kind of like takes them all out of their comfort zone a little bit, but in some ways puts them into their comfort zone because they're learning about something that they're like really enthusiastic about learning about. So that's the background. My beautiful from this year is after our first X block of third trimester, I walked outside of my classroom and was just like walking to the staff room for lunch and was hearing all of the scholars like tell each other what they had done in X block. And because of the variety of X block things that we had, there were kids like teaching each other how to play like games with yarn. There were kids walking around like photographing things on their phones uh, for photography X block. There were people like talking about the crafts that they did and their arts and crafts X-Block and uh, what video game they learned about and their video game X-Block. So it was just so cool to watch them like really genuinely share with each other in a way that felt so childlike. And I think so often freshmen are really trying to not be kids because they're growing up and I get it. But it was like walking around and seeing them embrace their childlike wonder uh, in a way that was so beautiful and so sweet it like makes me like melty thinking about it it was so cute um yeah so that was my beautiful nice okay i wasn't looking forward to the next b because it's uh well as as is titled it is brutal yeah so should i go yeah you can start uh easily unquestionably undeniably the most brutal moment for me was the end of either trimester one or trimester two, but it has to do with grading. 
This has been my biggest struggle this year uh, in that I'm working, we are working with a new learning management system. And so learning how to give feedback in a both effective and timely, emphasis on timely, manner has been really hard and has challenged me professionally and personally in the way in which I am committing my time. Uh, honestly, I'm behind on grading right now as we speak, as we're recording this podcast, and I do have conflictions about that. Uh, Keith and Becky, if you're listening, it's, I'm, as soon as this is done, I'm going to get on it. Trust me. Uh, but it's been, it's been a, a real struggle for me. And oftentimes, uh, probably the biggest point of stress in my life, just because I'm also that person, I can't have the little notification numbers Mm -hmm. on my, on my phone apps or things like that. I I have to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And so now anytime I log into my, my alt school, uh, we'll talk about alt school later, but anytime I log into alt school, I see the numbers of stuff that I have in my inbox. It drives me insane. And sometimes it's so overwhelming that I just, I can't even get motivated to start because it's just, it's so daunting. So I feel like I've made some improvements over the course of the year, thankfully, um, to manage my sanity. Um, but this has been it brutal is the perfect word for it because I've had to sacrifice certain things. I've had to adjust a lot, um, in and around my life to, to make grading happen. And, uh, I, I'm enduring and looking forward to next year in that I think I've cultivated some strategies that are going to be much more effective, uh, as soon as we hit the ground running in August. So we'll see time will tell. But uh, that's been it's been pretty tough for me this year. Yeah, there's so much learning to be done around like what are the most effective ways to give feedback for not only young people to receive the feedback, but also for us to distribute the feedback in a way that is, like you said, effective and timely. It's hard. Um, okay, my brutal is uh, like kind of a conceptual brutal, similar to yours. It's not like a specific moment. Mm. Um, but I think my brutal is just like working in a brand new school that's opening for the first time there's so much unknown every day every week every month of the whole year and in that unknown is a lot of magic like undeniable magic but it's also a lot of stress and I think particularly for some of our scholars and myself who like love plans I'm like such a list maker super organized I love calendars um to have inconsistency just naturally because we're like trying to manage so many different things and sometimes decisions don't get made before they're happening. Um, It can be difficult. Um, It can be brutal to like sometimes start a week and not really know where that week is going to go, but that's life. And so what I've realized, I think like while thinking about this brutal is like, yes, it is brutal to not know and to like have a difficult time communicating those inconsistencies or those um, points of confusion or, complication to our scholars but at the same time it's like teaching me and teaching them how to manage chaos a little bit in a way that's gonna I think help them in the workplace help them in their families help them in their relationships help them raise kids like nothing in life ever goes as planned but plans are so comforting that we want want it to and so I think it's just been brutal for me to like come to that realization over and over again that 
even though I want the world to go in a certain way, even though I want the day to go in a certain way or the week to go in a certain way, it's not going to generally. And learning how to be okay with that has just been like for me personally, like kind of a brutal process. I can relate to that in so many ways. Yeah. In terms of I've, I inherited my, my family's, uh, planning genes and, uh, they're painful. Yeah. For as often as they're good. To be flexible is uh, is always a challenge. So yeah. I, I get that for sure. Yeah, but I think, I mean, this year has really taught me a lot about flexibility and like what can be garnered from that. Yeah. Um, but it's hard. It is. It is hard. Which brings us to the bazaar. The bazaar. The bazaars yeah. are fun because sometimes the bazaars are beautiful and sometimes the bazaars are brutal and sometimes they're just like straight up bizarre. Bizarre. <laughs> Um, do you want to start us off? Yes. And I think mine's, mine's kind of a combination of both beauty and brutality. Um, so for our listeners, just uh, to color my history a little bit more, I, before coming to Odyssey, was teaching high school seniors for three years. And what I enjoy so much about teaching seniors is that there's a certain understanding that I think most of them have about what it is they're doing on on a regular basis and and they have so much practice and awareness about their own strengths and challenges as scholars that when they're being successful it's a beautiful thing and when they're they're not being successful they are at least formulating a plan to try to be successful there's maybe a handful that still aren't that sta- at that stage yet as seniors. And it's very simple to kind of help redirect with them. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's chill. And I'm a chill person. I'm very type B, very just, you know, let it be. And teaching seniors really helped with that. And then I came to Odyssey to teach freshmen. <laughs> and it has been a roller coaster of a year. Because one of the things I love about freshmen is the things that their minds, like the complete sentences they're able to formulate and some of the things they say are so bizarrely brilliant (laughs) that I just, I would never get that with seniors. And they make me laugh. They make me, uh, they just make me curious about who they are and what they're all about. And I love that. And for every single one of those comments, I have also had comments that drive me up a wall. Uh, just there, there are there are moments where it's it's a little more difficult. Uh, I don't know if "keep my cool" is the right phrase, but just to kind of keep a level head and keep everything in perspective. Like, okay, I went from seventeen to eighteen year olds to fourteen year olds, thirteen to fourteen year olds. Like, this is just this is how it happens. This is this is what it is, and so. Uh, it's been bizarre kind of keeping my approaches in class in perspective because what I would use with seniors wouldn't necessarily work with freshmen. I kind of have to micromanage a little more than I'm used to doing. I have to uh, really direct and guide learning in a way that I was not doing previously. And that has sometimes been a challenge for me, but it's also when I've done it successfully has been something to celebrate um, within my own practice. So. Uh, that jump, if anyone out there wants to comment on going from seniors to freshmen, I'm sure you'll you'll understand with me. It's two different things. 
uh, two different approaches that I think are are necessary, even though it's within the same school. When you talk about uh, just understanding, learning, maturity, all of those things uh, come into play. And so uh, I, I have to settle on the fact, though, that it's been a fun year. Uh, more fun than I was anticipating. Let's put it that way. I kind of had some dread uh, involved with that, but I, I look back now at the entire year and where we are now, and I nothing that I regret about these kids. It's been it's been absolutely fantastic and bizarre. <laughs> what a great bizarre. Um, okay, I'm having a really hard time choosing between my bizarres. I have two that are like percolating. Can I break the rules again because I'm the one that brought the rules to the table? Judges. Judges, please. You've got some lenient judges today. They're it. giving you the green light. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll be quick. I'll be quick. Okay, <laughs> um, so bizarre number one uh, is just from like a, a technical perspective. I learned how to use a laser cutter this year and how to code like a robot. That is bizarre. And that is so bizarre for someone that like, felt at the beginning of the year further away from mathematics and science than and technology than like I would say the average like adult young woman like does I I just like it it's it's a it's a method of learning and thinking that I'm so unfamiliar with and so to be in a place where I'm like being challenged to help learn alongside 15 year olds like how to code (laughs) and how to laser cut things out of cardboard uh, and how to not start fires in the laser cutter because the lines are too close (laughs) together. It's like, I feel like I learned so much and it was really bizarre about what it means to like work with my hands and think really critically about how to use technology to the benefit of learning. That's cool. So that's my bizarre number one. Yeah. Bizarre part two. Um, On the like personal standpoint, I think it's really bizarre to me this year, like how valued I felt as a member of our team. I didn't ever imagine that this soon out of college, like I would be in an environment where I was being asked regularly to add value to like decision-making processes or like building curriculum on such a large scale or like making plans for large groups of students, like go out and mentor. It, It just like, it, it feels like I get imposter syndrome still like all the time because it's bizarre to me how much I feel like I've gotten to help mold this year of school. And so on one hand, I'm like, oh my God, this is so weird and bizarre. And then on the other hand, I'm like so proud of myself that to be able to share my voice in that way and like contribute to our school um, has been really bizarre for me. I like thought I'd be in this kind of role when I was like 50. So to be in it at this point in my life is really bizarre. Dude, you're, you're very good at your job. Thank I don't know you. if you know that or not, but ha- having, if I had not known you and I just listened to the way that you talk about learning and education, I'd be like, oh, she's like, what, is she like the district curriculum specialist or I'm like not. some sort of, you know, some. I'm so, just an imposter. Just to commend you more, <laughs> you're not an imposter. Thanks. Um, you're uh, just very intelligent in the ways of our field. So Thanks. it's a good thing. Yeah. Thank you. So those are the three bees. I like that. Those are the bees. That's an awesome process might be taking that home to uh to my family definitely do a daily thing now that huntington is putting together these outrageously complete sentences uh i think that'd be fun so thank you for for bringing that to the podcast of course so i think to close out uh with our end of year episode it would be important we would be remiss if we didn't take a look to the 2019 2020 school year it's coming believe it or not (laughs) And, uh, and talk a little bit about what are we 
what are we looking forward to? What is uh, what is something we're hoping to accomplish? What are we um, most anticipating? Uh, so Courtney, we'll start with you. Uh, what is something that you are looking forward to next year? I think I'm looking forward to, I know I'm looking forward to, um, just continuing to learn alongside our scholars. We're looping with our scholars next year, so we'll be taking all the ninth graders to 10th grade with us. Um, and I'm just looking forward to seeing their growth continue and uh, watching their curiosities expand uh, as we think more critically about global sustainability. I'm stoked. Like The content is super interesting to me. I'm like really excited to deepen my relationships with them and, and see them continue to grow um, as learners and as people. How about you? Nice. I, well, I agree with that completely. I, I like that we're looping with the kids. Um, and so to be able to continue on their journey alongside of them is going to be really great. Uh, I have to admit, because I am a history person, uh, I, I have both the English and social science credential. But this year, because we've been just ELA, I've been missing a little bit of my, my history heart. So um, to, to look at English in the scope of history, um, you know, working with those two subjects together is something I'm really looking forward to. I kind of have to slide it in every now and then just to just to kind of satisfy my my hunger for history. Um, but now I'll have an excuse to Yay. next year. We have a, an actual history course that we get to uh, engage in. So I'm really looking forward to um, talking about all of these uh, conversations around the environment and sustainability in the context of history and uh, what that meant 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago, and what that means for us today. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be such a good year. I know. It's going to be awesome. But of course, before our year begins, this year is going to end, and we're going to have this beautiful little period of summer, and I'm yeah, so man. excited about it. It's crazy if I look at a calendar. Um, I feel like it's going to disappear so fast. Uh, but I'm curious to know, like, what are you going to do with these few weeks, Hunter? What's your uh, summertime game plan? Well, I'm not jetting just yet. I will be here for summer school for just a little bit uh, to, to help our scholars continue to improve and demonstrate competency in their course in their coursework. Uh, but after that, uh, mostly just hanging out at home, you know, with two little ones, it's not as easy to, to get out and do things. Uh, we've got a couple of activities planned uh, in the way of uh, we're going to go see a comedian uh, at the end of June. Uh, myself and Brittany will get a babysitter for the night which is score always score. and uh and so and then next month there's a soccer team that i really enjoy following i have been for about 10 years now uh from germany bayern munich that is my team uh and they will they'll do an american summer tour generally every year and they haven't been to la in quite some time but they are coming in july and i will be there nice. at the game unquestionably uh, and then the kind of the main event is we're, we're uh, brave enough. We think we have the bravery to take our boys to Hawaii. Fun. We join up with my family uh, on Oahu and, uh, and spend a week out there before coming back. So wow. it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. We've already hinted with our audience what you're doing this summer. I'm getting uh, hitched. You're getting hitched. It's uh, <laughs> tying the knot. It's happening. Crazy. 11 days. And, and what's involved with all of that? What's happening? Where are you going? Give us a lowdown. Yeah. Um, so my family is flying out from Nebraska uh, and straight up all over the country <laughs> <laughs> uh, to come to our Topanga Canyon wedding. Uh, it's on a Sunday. It's going to like all be outside. I've got a really cool dress I'm excited about. I'm going to wear these bright gold sneakers. Uh, it just feels like very us. Yeah. 
It's like all of the... As it should. Um, yeah, yeah. All of the food, all of the festivities, all of the planning uh, has been insane. But I think it's going to have like the best possible outcome. Just going to feel like really, you know, right to the two of us and our family. So that'll be good. And then we're uh, going off to Europe for our honeymoon. Uh, we're going to spend a week in Barcelona and then going to fly to Naples and drive down the Amalfi Coast and then go up to Rome. Going to have to scratch my history brain now that I'm getting my history credential. Uh, so that'll be cool. There's just like a lot of learning to do. I've never been to Europe before, mm. which um, for as much as I love travel is like kind of a crazy thing to think about. Um, but Nick's dad is from England and he lived abroad in France um, and studied abroad there. So and Prague. So he's like super familiar with Europe um, and he speaks fluent French. So it'll be good to have kind of like a liaison with me like that just knows that. Oh, so he'll be there. <laughs> On the honeymoon? Who, uh, you're Nick? talking, oh, I think you're talking about Nick's dad. Oh, no, no, well, his dad is from England. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 it's okay. the same breath. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I was like, that's an interesting honeymoon. Yeah, yes, uh, yeah, Tony is coming. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just Nick and I. So Nick's dad is from England. Okay. Period. And Nick. <laughs> yeah, 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 my bad, my bad. Um, yeah, so that'll be fun. Awesome. Um, and then coming back and hopefully doing like a long backpacking trip and excited about our days of curriculum design and in July and otherwise just kind of catching my breath before starting this next crazy adventure. Um, it's wild. It's a, it's a professional reset yeah. button. Absolutely. And, uh, and with, you know, obviously the, the perk of our line of work that everyone loves to talk about, but I think in so many ways <laughs> necessary. Yeah. Uh, the, the way that we commit ourselves personally and emotionally to these kids is draining yeah. uh, for sure. And so I think that we welcome uh, this respite uh, from, from school. Uh, but on that note, it's just something for our the folks at home, listeners out there, uh, obviously because Courtney's going around, I've got my thing going on with my family. Um, we're probably not going to be presenting, posting too many podcasts over the summer. I think we're when we meet up in July for curriculum, we're going to maybe try to get another couple under the belt and stagger out a release. But I think I speak on behalf of both of us that when we come back in August, we'll try to make this uh, very much a regular thing. Absolutely. Uh, and keep this up. So uh, it's been good. Thank you for, for living through my drumming at the start of the uh We love episode. your drumming. Yeah, no, it's good. And, uh, and so for all of us here at Odyssey, from here at the Odyssey of Learning podcast, I am Hunter. And I am Courtney. Have a great, great summer out there, folks. Have a good one and do your bees. <laughs>